Hey, what's up, family? Welcome to the live Q&A with yours truly. Hope y'all are doing well. Hope y'all are having a great Friday, great start to your weekend. Hoping that you're not weakened by your weekend so that you can give some some energy to your purpose. And so I hope that's something that you're going to be doing this weekend is being creative and uh, self-caring and personal developing. But with that being said, for those who's watching me for the very first time, I want to say thank you so much for watching. My name is Josh Rezzi, also known as Coach Josh. And my goal is to help make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. And after watching this video. Like, man, I like that guy's vibe. Go ahead and subscribe because I would love to be a coach here online. But for those who are uh, watching later, listening later, listening now, however you're listening and you've been rocking with me for a long time, whether it's been 14 years or 14 minutes, I want to say thank you so much for being a subscriber and a follower of mine. And I do not count this opportunity lightly um, to be a person to help you better understand yourself and make sense of your life and all that good stuff. So often as, as other people are joining me, Live, let me let you guys know about some things that I have going on, like my latest book, Facts Over Feelings, how to go from feeling to fulfilling your purpose or fulfilling your role in life. This book is an amazing resource that I believe is helping a lot of people right now. I see a lot of you guys are ordering it, and so I pray this continue um, um, blessing you all. This book right here is a great resource uh, for you to be able to process your feelings, for you to be able to vent on a regular basis, and for you to be able to find the facts behind your feelings, no matter when you feel them. We have also areas in this book where you have verses on the top emotions that people face or go through. Like, for instance, like here's the book, the page in the book, Verses, and you have uh, a scripture on verses so that you can be able to process your feelings through the Word of God. We also have a place for you to write your pros and cons about anything, as well as the color the red flags of whatever uh, whatever situation you're in, as well as individuals. And, of course, we have a bunch of articles and points to help you begin to really process your feelings so that you can get back to fulfilling your roles in life. So that book's available as well. We also have a book on wholeness. Um, if you want to really become whole so that you can be able to hold things well, it's a great resource there. Also, we got a book on singleness. We have a book on dating. We have a book on soul ties and strongholds, book on discernment, book for children, as well as book on the whole armor of God and spiritual warfare. So all these books, resources are now available on my website, IamUnplugged.com. Link to the description box below, all those good places. Or you can just simply go to Amazon and get your books and just type in my name, uh, Joshua uh, Azzy, right there. Yeah, type my name in. All right, we got people in the building now. Wow. All right. I must have cast the net at the right time. Now it says, if God has a plan, why does he, why doesn't he say it? Well, his plan is revealed many ways. Uh, God speaks in many different ways, right? God has a plan. Now, also you have to understand that if a plan is always spoken, then your enemy can always tweak it and alter it and affect it. Most times God's plans are hidden so the enemy's hand can't get to it. Right. So when God's plan, you have to watch it play out in real time because in, when a plan is played out in real time, uh, demonic spirits, even yourself cannot interfere with it being played out in time. And sometimes God plans things around your decisions. He plans things around uh, the different things that you faced in life. So as is happening in real time with his omniscience and om omnipresence working simultaneously by him also being uh, a God that doesn't change as far as from the past to now and the future. Nor is a God that is affected by things happening in real time because he knows everything in time. Then when things are happening in real time, you will be able to say this is the marvelous plan of God. 
The marvelous plan of God, we marvel because it's marvelous because it happened in real time. It's happened moment by moment. So the reason why God probably doesn't say his plans like anybody wouldn't, like the Bible says, don't let your left hand know what your right hand doing, is because he knows how the enemy works and he knows it's hard to stop a plan in real time. Hope to help. Chantel says, hey, coach, will God send you someone who isn't your type? Nah. If, God, if you are a God's type, if you are God's prototype, he has a partner type, all right? If he made you a certain kind of way, he uh, see, God creatively, beautifully made us in such a way that everything that was made for us was meant to match us. How God wired you, how you like an individual, what you like in a guy, what you like in a woman for young men that's watching right now, God has that for you. God is not sitting here trying to make your life miserable. We make our lives miserable. God wants to give you exactly um, the tools and resources you need for you to have a life and life more abundantly through Christ. So God would never send someone who isn't your type. So now you got to make sure that you're the type for the type you want. And so oftentimes when we focus on the type we want, we're not willing to type in real time or see what God has typed out for us to be. What has God typed out for you to be? Match that type and then you will be ripe for the type that God has for you. Hope they help. The final revelation says random, but thoughts on the Will Smith situation. Um, We live in a very um deceptive world. You know, the... The one side of me as a husband was triggered, and the other side of me as a conspiracy theorist to a degree was triggered. So my thoughts on the Will Smith situation, I don't have much thoughts on it because I don't want to be distracted. Simple as that. I don't have much thoughts on it because I feel like this is more of a distraction than it is for something for us to really be inspected. There's a lot of great talking points about it, of course, but I haven't given it too much thought. Because I got too much stuff that I'm pursuing. That's just that's just the way I am. Anytime something comes through the mainstream, I swim in another stream. Hope they help. K. Tucson says, hi. How are you and thank you for serving God? I am doing well. Thank you for asking. All is well. My wife is well. All of us are well. Thank you so much for asking. It's an honor to serve God, man. I really, it's the best thing to do in this life. Uh... Uh, Mary Lou says, God bless you and your family, brother. Thank you. Happy to be here. We're glad to have you. Thank you for your blessings. I receive it. I appreciate it. Liz Beth says, hey, coach, if someone doesn't attend a church, is it still a sin that a person is not giving their 10%? Great question. Um, the goal is not to focus on the number. It's to focus on the generosity beyond it. So for me, um, I give more than 10%. You know what I'm saying? That's just how I am, right? Um, when it comes to sin, when it comes to that, I think God is 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 uh, gracious in gradually getting into a place where you're generous beyond you ever been, right? But when it comes to attending church, the Bible does say don't forsake the assembly, and so I think that there's something beautiful, beautiful, and 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 uh, beneficial with corporate worship because there's a corporate anointing. Corporate anointing is where energies and vibes and 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 coming together as 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 a body helps the body progress. It helps with inspiration. It helps with encouragement. It helps with rebuke and change. It helps us not to stay the same, right? Help us to overcome pain. Help us to gain, right? And so I think though there's beauty in that. You just got to make sure that you're gathering in the right church, right? The place that God wants you to be. Hope to help. I'm kind of going through these pretty quick because I want to answer a lot of questions and then uh, not make this too long. Jojo Davis says, hey, what's up, Coach Josh? It's Jojo out of Fort Worth. God has been uh, raining blessings today. 
How do I show God that I'm thankful after he, has, after he has been showing up for me? Just from your heart. Just from your heart. It ain't, it ain't, you don't even have to worry about getting too deep. Just saying, God, thank you. I appreciate you. I do that all the time. Uh, I don't have to give no elaborate, uh, uh, you know, dissertation. I don't have to uh, go out of my way. I just, God knows my heart. And if God knows your heart and your heart is pure towards him, um, just a just a, a smooth thank you. I appreciate you. It's good enough, fam. And be a good steward over that blessing. That's the best. So more than just saying thank you, being a good steward of what has been given to you is the best, is the best thank you you can give to God, I believe. Angel Freeney says, hey, coach, not going to lie. I'm tired of praying. I've been getting frustrated, angry at little things lately. Understand? We've all been there. I don't even want to go to church or worship. Please keep me in prayer. Well, let me help you real quick. Um, Satan loves to drain our joy because our joy was on something else. Our joy is either on a boy. Our joy is either on a toy. Our joy is on a, on a ploy. It's a lot of things uh, uh, um, that our joys can be in. And when our joy is not in God, oftentimes those things, that joy gets shrunken. The Bible says in his presence, there's a fullness of joy. The enemy ultimate objective is to get you out of the presence of God. Now, most theologians out there will say, hey, um, what you mean by God's presence? Well, God's presence is everywhere, but not everybody's tapped in God's presence everywhere. So just like this phone, I give the analogy is tapped into T-Mobile. Um, if the payment hasn't been paid, then the phone can't be tapped in. Right. The bars are still there, but the service is not there. Right. The same as with God. God got four bars, four bars. He's everywhere. The best service, uh, Verizon can't even compete to the vision of God and where he is everywhere. Right. And so with that. Based upon our uh, um, 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 tapping into the payment of Christ and, and us uh, receiving the payment for salvation and us uh, 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 benefiting from the payment of salvation and applying the payment of salvation will determine how much we are connected mentally, antenna, mentally connected into the service, right? And so the enemy wants you to get out of his presence so there won't be no fullness of bars, fullness of joy to keep you go through the devil's um, ploys and traps and stuff like that, right? So if you're going to be tired of praying, you got to ask yourself, what am I praying for? We all get tired praying for the thing that has a timer connected to it. See, if you keep praying for a husband, but you ain't going to get your husband for two or five years from now, then you're going to be wearing yourself out. Prayer should not be consuming it with with uh, petitions and, and prayer requests. It should be filled with us praying for other people's prayer requests. And in the meantime, the reason why I tell people it's not wise to keep praying over and over and over again for something that is that is trapped or timed by God's timing is because when you do that you wear yourself out and secondly you have to begin to process that instead of me praying for it let me prepare for let my prayers be practicing practices in my life so I can eventually be prepared for when it comes into my life we get frustrated when we pray for things that God has a providential timing on it and we get worn out because we don't understand God's love for us. That God is withholding that thing for us because he loves us or is trying to get love in us so that we can love that thing correctly, right? And so your frustration is coming because there could be a lack over a period of time of fellowship with God. And when there's a lack of fellowship with God over a period of time and your focus is based upon what you want in the meantime and you're not trusting in God's timing, then you're going to find yourself whining and i'm not saying that's you but i'm just rhyming oh snap <laughs> okay look at that so i'm gonna pray for you holy spirit i thank you 
that you will reveal to Angel the deep root of her frustration, the dark river underneath uh, 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 her layers of her heart, and, and let her see um, the love of God and, and the joy of God and, and, and your precious gift. And I pray, Lord, that she won't um, allow this, this current rift to cause her to shift out of your presence, God. So we thank you, Lord, that right now you will bring revelation that will end up being transformation in Angel's life. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Jameson Reed says, hey, coach, you're a huge blessing. God gets the glory, man. It's an honor. Uh, Jameson says, I'm going through a breakup right now. Any convo was painful. I understand. Best advice you can give to a young man in his early 20s trying to move on. Well, we move on to greater. Your 20s was not really meant for you to do a lot of 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 stuff. It's it's meant for you. What I mean by a lot of stuff is like a lot of people get into their twenties and they just want to look good. The twenties is the years where people feel like they have to look their best. If you focus on your twenties looking your best, then you're going to look the worst for the rest, right? Because twenty is is the years for you to invest, not to impress, right? Your twenties was designed for you to invest in God, in yourself, in your purpose, not to impress others, right? So as you're going through a breakup, you have to understand that God is breaking you away from something that wasn't meant to be sent your way, right? And so if you're going through a breakup, now you got to get to the facts. What are the facts? What are the reasons why this had to end? If you write the facts down in your phone, as far as in your notes, or you write down in a journal sheet of paper, then you can constantly remind yourself when your feelings rise, you can get with, with and see what has been written. So that you can be able to see what you should be forgetting, right? Because when you begin to look at the facts, you be like, you know what God does has. See, we got We can't just look at the facts of the relationship. We got to look at the facts of God's love for us. The reason why many of us are always flooded by our feelings because we don't truly understand the faithful love of God towards us and how he maneuvers things for us to get things off of us because those things was not meant for us, right? So, of course, any conversation is painful. Now you have to transition um, that activity, those actions into new actions. If you transition from actions towards a relationship and then you flood into idleness, then you're going to be sitting there thinking about her all the time, thinking about all the good times all the time, probably being mad at yourself for however you contributed to it or whatever. And you're going to be sitting there using that idle time, reflecting on a relationship versus uh, um, um, riding the, the real relationship Selling with God, right? Prevailing in God, right? And not failing in your failures, right? So as a young man in your 20s, you got to say, okay, now I'm going to set aside my 20s as holy, set apart for God. For me to start investing more in my relationship with God, transitioning my conversations with her to conversations with him. Me going out with her with me going out with him. Me doing fun things with her with me doing fun things with God and myself. Now I got to transition from her being whatever she was to me into being who God has always been to me and focusing on that. Now you got to start asking God now that I have more time, now that I have my my myself uh, in my right mind and understanding what why this thing had to end, now what should I begin? What should I focus on? What's my purpose, God? What what am I supposed to do now, God? 
When I got, when I broke up with my uh, uh, ex, I think it was I was 23 years old when I broke up with her, man, then I started breaking in more into my purpose. Now you gotta, you turn those feelings into fuel, not for you to prove that she was a fool, but to prove the faithfulness of God. Most people, they try to get better to prove to them that they should have never left you. But if you start proving God right, then whatever it is will, will be seen in a light and you just have to move on knowing that this had to end. And I think when you do that, man, you'll begin to see what you start beginning, what God wants to begin in you and that benefits you in your 30s, 40s and 50s. Let me tell every 20 person, 20 year old this. The 20s is not the best decade of your life. It's not. That's just a second phase of teenage. <laughs> That's what it is. It's the second phase of teenage. But when you begin to really see that the 30s and man, I'm 36, man, 30s is where it's at. 40 is still young. 50 is still young. 20s is 10 years competing with 30, 40, 50, 60. That's 40 years. In your 20s, you got to start planting seed, uh, um, getting yourself prepared as a man so that when you meet that right woman, then then she'll be able to fit your cage and not be in a cage. Hope that. Miss A says, Coach, a man is interested in me, but I am not attracted to him physically anyway. Will God send a man who I... Would God send me a man who I am attracted to? You best believe it. You best believe it. Attraction. You got to be on the right track, right, to attract, right? When you're on the right track, you always attract what was meant to you, not to distract or subtract, but it was meant to keep you on track, right? And there's no way an ugly man is going to keep a woman on track. There's no way that, no, what I mean by that, ugly to them, no, what I mean, change it, not attractive, not attract, not attract, not on track, not attractive, not attractive. So if it's not on the track for you, then it won't be a, you, it won't be attractive to you, right? When you have your track, let me tell you something about my wife. Anyone who knows um, the Jamie Foxx show, I've been telling people since I was since I was in high school, middle school, that I'm gonna marry a model. I've always been attracted to uh, 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 Fancy from the Jamie Foxx show. I didn't know why I was always attracted to Fancy. And then when I met my wife, she looks like Fancy, actually better than Fancy, but she looks like Fancy, tall like Fancy, shaped like Fancy, looks like Fancy, all that kind of stuff. And I was like, that's 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 a cool, that's not a coincidence by God for me to be attracted to someone when I was younger that is to split an image to a degree of my wife. See, because you have to understand, the the rib that was missing in my rib cage was my wife. She was in me before I was in my mother's womb, you understand? When she was in me so that everything that's purposeful in you is in you. So whatever you are just naturally un uh, uh, culturally infused or affected by, you just naturally attracted to, that's what you're going to end up having because God placed it inside of you. I don't care what other women out there, I'm attracted to that type of woman. That's it. That My wife has got specific now, but what I'm saying is, is that it was no coincidence that that the woman that the type of woman I was attracted to when I was young and it was just my natural default attraction was attracted to me and I was attracted to it because I found my attraction. My shoes were shy with the preparation of peace. I was a peaceful man and pieces came to me as a peaceful man. See? And so what I'm saying is God is not going to send you someone that you're not attracted to. And let me tell everybody, I told my students, if you looked at, if you listen to my chapel service, I told the students, I say, you only have to look good for one person. The issue is we care so much about looking good to everyone that we miss the one. 
Oh, you gotta listen. That's what I told kids. If your laugh is goofy, if you're just weird and awkward, and you, and people call you weird and awkward because you're being yourself, so you wouldn't sit here to impress them. You was meant to be impressed by God, pressed in and a character forming around your own uniqueness and creativity that God fearfully and wonderfully woven into you. For you to be you. And then the things that's meant for you will start finding itself on the same track as you because you're attracted to it. So, hey, who cares who's interested? If you're not interested, then end it. And there's nothing wrong with hurting people's feelings if they allow themselves to allow their feelings to be hurt. So, God is definitely going to see someone that you're attracted to, man, because he did it for me. You know? LV says, God bless you, coach. I realized, hold on, let me get my fan on, let's get a little warm, a little warm out here, out here, North Carolina, a little humidity, God bless you coach, I realized when the flesh is weak on my rough days, there are a series of mental and emotional attacks uh, throughout the day, how to combat those attacks, let me see if I got me a, um, I got a little bit of Gatorade left, let me see if look, did a little bit of Gatorade do something for me. A little Gatorade, electrolytes. <clears throat> oh, I'm not really a big fan of Gatorade. It's actually called Gator Light because it's for electrolytes. It was at the um, gym that I was at <clears throat> working out. So, of course, I was low on some um, some some minerals, so I got me electrolyte. But I'm a big um, I do BioLite, and I do a lot of uh, uh, body armor. But anyway, LV says, God bless you, coach. I realized when the flesh is weak on my rough days, there are a series of mental. Devil got the same tricks, man. See, that's why our ultimate objective is to be poised, patient, reflective, self-aware, everywhere. Right? The goal is there are going to be times when your flesh is weak. That's why you have to make sure you do intel on yourself. When do you tend to bend? When do you tend to bend? When do you tend to bend? When do you tend to bend to the flesh? What days are typically the days where you don't walk in God's ways? And then you begin to say, okay, and what are Satan's strategies towards me? Why is it always Thursdays? Or why is it always Saturday mornings? Or why is it always Friday nights, right? Then you begin to get a greater view of your life and then begin to make the adjustments after you have assessed. First, you have to acknowledge God in everything. God, I acknowledge that I need your help. I acknowledge that you're my only help. God, I acknowledge that I need you. I'm finally coming to an awareness that I need you. Then you got to start assessing your life and saying, okay, what, how did I get here? What, what, what is, because the devil's plans are obvious if we take time to observe, right? And so you got to then begin to say, okay, what adjustment do I need to make? Do I have too much on my plate, right? Uh, am I doing too much? What do I need to minimize that's causing me to be unnecessarily weak or more toned to the flesh? What am I feeding the flesh? Am I feeding the spirit more than the flesh or am I feeding my flesh more than my spirit? There's a lot of things you got to process. Then you got to make the adjustments. Now you got to start saying, okay, maybe I need to go to bed early and get up early to spend time with God and that affects my day better. Or maybe I need to um, uh, audit my devotional time and audit, am I really, am I really devoting? Sometimes my devotional is more of a duty than it is devotion. 
It's more of something I check off my list, say that I did, but I didn't really dig in. From I didn't allow it to dig into me either, right? So you got to look at that. You got to start assessing all of the things that you're doing because somewhere in the systems, your flesh is being more fed than your spirit, right? Setting you up, setting you up to be uh, weak, right? So the devil's gonna always attack you when you're weak because he's a pansy. Demons are always gonna attack you when you're weak because they don't want to. They don't want to face the spirit of God. They want to face the flesh of LV. They face the spirit of God, they lose every single time. But if I can get you off your spirit, get yourself out of the presence of God, and then get you weak mentally, weak emotionally, or caught up in different emotional or cultural trends or emotional needs, and get you so caught up in all these different things, that's why I said about the Will Smith thing, I don't have time to give thought to that because I'm in a war. I don't have time to worry about Will and Jen. I got to worry about Josh and Britt. I don't got time to worry about Will and Jada's entanglements. I got to make sure that I'm not tangled. I can't worry about slapping someone's mouth. I got to make sure nothing's spewing out of my mouth. I got to make sure I look at that. I don't got time to worry about another man's house. I got to make sure my house good. Because we start getting into these conversations, getting into these thoughts, then we're being swayed from the things that we ought not to be swayed from. Right. And so now you got to start really aggressively getting a hold of your life through the spirit of God so that you can be able to see the, the, the ministry of God that he wants you to get into. So you combat those attacks by understanding, understanding your attacker and understanding yourself when you're attacked and then begin to really assess who's the one that can that can really clap back with no L's. And that's when you start tapping more in to the spirit of God, tap more in your spiritual development. Then you start living a simple, I don't watch TV. I don't watch much of anything. I'm always just in peace. I'm always in stillness to a degree. I'm always in, I'm in more silence than I'm in noise And when it's my choice. Now I work in a school, so you know it's noise. But I choose more silence than I do um, violence or, or, or anything else that we see on television or on YouTube or whatever. I try to keep my life as still as possible, as less infiltrated as possible so that I can be more sensitive as possible. So now you just got to utilize some of those techniques that I just shared to really just get yourself strong again. Watch this over and over again, this part right here in this video at the 25 minute, 24, 23 minute marker. And begin to begin to let the Holy Spirit deal with you with the things that I said. And then he from there will utilize what has been said for you to start getting into what you uh, need to do systematically to ensure that you can combat those attacks. But the Bible says it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. That's the only way you win. And the best way to do that is to be led by the spirit of God. I know you're tired. I know you're tired, Angel, but God is your strength. You're going to make it through. Uh, Mary Lou says, I need that book ASAP, especially in this season. I pray it's a blessing to you. I pray it continues to be a blessing. Oh, amen. Yes, Lord, God is speaking. I believe he's speaking today to all of us. Uh, Nalidi, please forgive me if I, I said your name wrong. We both received many strong God-filled confirmations. But, oh, did I miss the first part of it? Did you say something about did I Make sure I didn't miss the first part. Okay. We both received... Okay, this is just... Okay, gotcha. <clears throat> we both received many strong God-filled confirmations, but he says he prefers a white wife, not black. He's mixed. I'm black. Is this from God? He says he needs time to accept. Um, Been waiting for years. That's why you wait for no man. You wait by God's hand. You don't wait for no man because men will confuse themselves. Men will conflict themselves. We talk about men, women and men will change their minds. But that's why you got to make sure that you're doing the will of God in the meantime. Right. So to help you to be encouraged from this, let him have his white wife. If that's what you want. Bye bye. So right now, if, if that's why 
men got to be very careful what they speak, what they think, and what they entertain emotionally. Because when you begin to entertain things emotionally and you're not flowing, oh, if you're not spiritually inclined and you're not following divine, then your emotions are gonna uh gonna be worn and 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 you're gonna and it's gonna start getting affected by different things, and then your mind will start entertaining different things, and you start speaking certain things, and as a man, what you speak will affect who you're trying to lead. And so as a woman, if he's speaking that, give him what he asked for. That don't mean you dye your skin white. That just means you just go about what's right for you. And count those four years as loss. And and the best way not to lose years that you thought that the best way not to lose years that you invested in something that wasn't meant for you, quote unquote, is to look at the lessons in those years. What can you learn in these four years? The good thing is you got many years ahead of you. God is gracious. God can redeem the time once the mind is renewed. So there's nothing for you to be confused or upset about, right? With the godly confirmation, now you got to really start assessing those. Anytime you find yourself in something like that, you got to start uh, uh, auditing those things you felt like God was confirming. Now, if you begin to see that, then you know for a fact God confirmed this, and this is God's man for you, and you know for a fact He's going through an attack demonically, then you, then you just let God deal with that. It ain't your husband, man. I don't listen, man. What I mean by that, I don't think women should give wife type benefits to a man nor should a husband a man give husband traits to a wife i don't even, i wouldn't i wouldn't even advise for you to pray for him that ain't your man you don't got to pray for him hey, that's between him and god and you go about your life and and, and, and and he has free will even if it, even if it's god's quote-unquote man for you he has free will and but things i think you need to just really begin to just say okay if he wants a white wife and you're a black woman and go about your life and then really begin to say, okay, was that really God-filled? Was that a God-filled donut? <laughs> or was it a self-filled donut? Then you would determine what you really bit into. Hope to help. You're welcome, Chantel. Come on, say that. I hope the Lord is speaking. I know he is. That's my, that's my goal. What do you do when you feel unmotivated? How do you get back up when you're discouraged? Okay, I think that's kind of part two of your other question. Well, you gotta, you gotta, when you feel unmotivated, you got to look at your motives. What were your motives before you was motivated at one point? Because our motives produce motivation, right? So if your motives before your previous, your last previous motivation was more self-centered or not really God-filled or it was like, I just want God's will now, then you're going to be unmotivated. So what you got to do, if you feel yourself discouraged, that means you're distant from courage and our courage is only found in Christ, right? All this sounds all Christianese, but it's real. So how does one find courage in Christ? They find courage in Christ by understanding what he did with his life. And who did he lose his life and re and, and, and resurrect it for? What is that? What, what, through his life, he says he'll uh, give me life and life more abundantly. What does that mean? Let me find, let me enter his courage. Because as a human, I can't trust my courage because we're, we're, we don't know what tomorrow holds, but we know who holds tomorrow, who holds us now. So you get back up by having a why. Why should you get back up? And if you if God, if you look at God, why should I get up? Why should I get back up for God? Because God's been good to me. Why should I get back up because of me? Because God wants to use me in a mighty way. Who should I get back up for? Start naming other people you need to get back up for. And be encouraged by the courage that God wants to give you through his son to enable you to win. Hope that. Hmm. <laughs>
time for maybe oh man that's a lot of questions let me see make sure my wife didn't call she's probably watching live now okay I'm just checking to make sure she alright okay let's see here that's a whole modern Jezebel Ahab Ahab mess but I oh gotcha gotcha Okay, Peter says, hey coach, my dad has been cheating on my mother many times and she has been forgiving him all the time, but not truly forgive him. There are still doubts on whether he still cheats on her. Uh, it has impacted me and my siblings a lot. We all live together in the household and it feels like he has not won the trust from us. What does he need to do to get the trust back? He needs to put his trust in God. He has to put his trust in God for the things that's rust in him. There's something inside of his heart that's a void. Something that he missed in childhood. Something that he experienced in childhood that he tried to fill that void with. So sometimes, like say if your dad didn't have his dad, look at the generational, look at the generational uh, curses. Look at the generational uh, impact and mindsets of your dad's dad, dad, dad. If there's any type of similarity, then you have to look at yourself, Peter, making sure that you're not going to pass anything by your dad. Because by your dad doing this, it's creating a void in your life. And oftentimes, wherever there's a void, we'll try to fill it up with everything else but Christ. And when we try to fill it up with anything else, then we begin to repeat some of the things that was repeated by our own dads and moms, right? And so, uh, your dad has to begin to look at his heart and say, okay, what in my heart have I not given to God? What was that void that I filled with lust, that I filled with the need to be accepted? A lot of men who do that kind of stuff tend to um, have some level of hidden weaknesses or hidden, hidden uh, <clears throat> issues going on. What I mean by that is um, they, maybe they wasn't accepted much when they were young or maybe they uh, was molested when they were young or maybe they were touched when they were young or maybe um, they whatever, something happened when they were young and it created a huge crater void in their life, right? The enemy loves to impact us when we're young because we don't know enough to be able to fill that hole. So what happens is as we grow older, it has been suffocated over a period of time. Then when we're 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, these biological hormones start creeping in. Then we begin to become mentally all over the place and then emotionally all over the place. And then we're trying to make uh, uh, get ourselves uh, in the right place or whatever. And we start affecting all the places that we're in, right? Because we never allow God to be placed within to fill that void, right? So when that tends to happen, then it starts having having ramifications in uh, his generations, right? And his children and his wife. And so he has to be honest with God. He has to be real with God. He has to be whatever. And his mom, and your mom has to really process it. Am I, am I really, that's good that she's a fighter. But she has to begin to ask, what does God want her to do? Because, well, I'm not going to get into that, but. Is that he just he has to give his trust to God in that area to heal him in that area, and that's the best advice I can give. I hope that helped. I really did, Peter. I really do, Peter. Oh, he says. Peter also says. Also, what my dad has done has impacted me in a way that I struggle to find someone because what are the chances that I will cheat on my partner? Here we go. Now, because of what your dad did, it creates an unnecessary fear. The Bible says the love, the perfect love of God cast away all fear. The Bible says he did, not, he, does not, he did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. It doesn't matter what my dad did, your dad did. It don't matter but what, what oftentimes we do is the enemy utilize us to get so caught up in fear because of what he did in his years that we're going to mess up someone else. 
But you have to dead that, right? You have to begin to say, hey, man, I will not repeat what my father do. Learn from your dad. Learn from what he did and then make the adjustments and give your fear. Because the more you're loved, the more you recognize that you're loved. I put a post on Facebook. I said, God loves you more in a second than any amount of people can love you in a lifetime. And when in every second, if I find myself being able to embrace the love of God, that God loves me. I helped a young man today, uh, two days ago in my school, he's struggling with some things. And I told him, I said, I don't care what you've done. It doesn't change the love of God towards you. That God still wants to use you. All right? And so when that, when you begin to understand that, you'll be able to say, that's my father's sins, not my sins. And you got to get rid of that fear or you're, or you're going to end up fumbling. Are you going to end up cheating because you your mind has been saying, okay, most times people with fear will self-sabotage things, all right? You said, I'm 27 years old and I don't really interact with females. Well, the more you interact with God's love, you will be taught how to love yourself. And when you're taught how to love yourself, you'll know how to actively love someone else. But you have to get out of that fear. Now, how does one get out of that fear? Number one, you got to fellowship with God. You got to fellowship with one more. And, and track his faithfulness. How do you get out of the fear of God? E, you got to change what you entertain. You got to change what you entertain. You got to stop entertaining those thoughts mentally about your dad, entertaining things like that, whatever. Next, you got to start acknowledging God in every moment that you need him. Because the more you begin to practice acknowledging God in every moment, um, trust the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own standards, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he'll make your path straight. Then it doesn't matter how crooked life may get, he'll make that path straight before you even get there because your trust is in him. And next, you just got to begin to just say, hey, you know what? I believe that I will have a real relationship with a young woman. And I will be the right man for her. And that's what you do. Get rid of fear, man. You have to understand that fear is is fake. Um, fear is real to a degree, but it's fake in regards to what it's advertising to keep you from. So, hope that Time for maybe one or two more or something like that. I always say that, but, you know. Thank y'all so much for joining. We got 31 people on Facebook and YouTube watching. Those who listen later, man. Those who listening, uh, watching later, I, I appreciate you all. I pray it continues to bless you. I think Mary Lou's also said with other question. My heart has been heavy with how much those closest to me that are in Christ lack deserve. Okay, of me and who Christ has called me to be. Yet, brothers and sisters from a distance see it often. It hurts. Man, man you, Jesus wasn't even accepted in his own hometown. So it just it just lets you know that the people closest to you, you'll be surprised what they have hidden in the closet towards you. And then when you get when it begins to be unveiled or revealed that 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 you are closer to God, then people don't like that. It makes them feel um, cringe on the inside because you begin to show them what could have been for them. Right. And so you don't worry about what people think. You don't go by people's faces. It's hard to see other people's faces when your face is in the face of God, if that makes sense. You're so welcome, angel. I'm glad that helped you. Yes, Lord, I stand in agreement with you. Oh, oh, yo, yo, oh I forget that y'all's questions. Yo, yo, yo. Crystal. Hey, coach. Things been turned around in my marriage. Praise God. Just wanted to update you. I've emailed you a while ago. I don't think you must have got. I. You'll be surprised at me emails I get. And I got to figure out a better system on how do I make sure I get these emails that I'll be saying I get. Because y'all can only imagine how full my day is. Counseling kids all day. Helping kids. Teaching Bible all day. You know, and then still being a teacher, still being a husband, still, you know, a lot of things, man. But please send it to me again. And if, if you don't hear from me every two days, I'm, that's not your responsibility. But what I'm saying is, um, 
I can only toss something in God's timing. I <laughs> hope that. But I'm glad things are turning around for you. Prayer works. Um, keep standing on your post. Keep standing in God, and then things will um, expand for you. I'm glad. I'm glad things turn around for you. I really am. Uh, so, oh, Swaggity says, good point. Uh, Jim says, how do you know someone is who you'll marry? Will God speak to me in any kind of way? Don't look for God to speak. Don't look for him to speak. Because when you look for it, you're going to discourage yourself. Sometimes we idolize the word of God versus being in intimate worship with God himself. We're waiting to hear so that we can carry what he's heard and we can take it away from the one who spoke it. You'll be surprised how many people in our motives, if we really investigate our motives, are only wanting God to speak to consume it with their own lust and to destroy it with their own lust. That's why God don't really speak that much to us to a degree. I'm not saying that's the only reason or the main reason, but I can guess that he don't speak that much because we can't handle his spoken word. Because we, we, you, you have to be mature enough to be able to uh, uh, really comprehend and defend and not pretend when it comes to God speaking to us, right? So when it comes to your first part of the question, how do you know someone is who you'll marry? He'll let you know. I've seen him in my own life. He'll let you know. He'll let you know. And the thing is, what sets you up is to become more familiar with the things that God has for you, you have to fellowship with him more. Because the more you fellowship with him, you'll begin to see his tendencies. Ooh. When you take time to tend to see him, you will begin to see his tendencies. When you begin to see his tendencies, you will see what he tends to do. And you, when you see what he tends to do, you will see what has his residue. And whatever has his residue, you know it was sent to you. That's what lets me know what's for me from God because I know God. I fellowship with God. I spend time with God. I know his tendencies towards me. And when you know his tendencies towards you, you will know what he will tend to send to you because it has his residue for you. So when I begin to see God's tendencies in the early years of my ministry and how he speaks to me, how he has guided me in the past, and how, oh, that's, that's, oh, that proved to be God. That proved to be God. That proved to God. And when I felt, I, oh, I felt that when that happened. I felt that when that happened. I felt that when it happened. And it's the same type of feeling I felt when this and this happened. It's the same type of delivery that this, this, this. It all connected. When it all connects because of fellowship, then you will begin to know I become more familiar with the things that comes from God. Right? And so then you will begin to see, oh, this must be from God. I mean, same thing. I knew something was different about my wife when I met her because I knew there was something different about the building that I got before I even met her. And the building before that. And the, and, the, and the shirt I did before that. And the idea before that. And the idea before that. And the book before that. And the book before that. Because I tracked God's faithfulness. I became so familiar with him and fellowship with him that I know what has been sent to me. So now I don't even worry about what's for me. I don't even pray for stuff. Like that, I prepare for stuff like that, and in the meantime, when it feels the same that it's felt before, because <laughs> God's the same yesterday, that He ain't gonna change the vibes. <laughs> That's why I vibe with Him, so I can know the vibes. And I don't know what's for me or from the inside. And, and that's how I met my bride because it was something familiar with the vibes. So, what the hell.
true vintage R&B fan says, it's makeup witchcraft. The Book of Enoch says that the fallen angels taught women the beautifying of their eyelids so you know the angels had wicked intentions thoughts. The uh, uh, Demons, devils, fallen angels have wicked intentions for anything and everything, right? So their, their intentions could be the perverse, the pervert, the, the perverting of something good, right? Do I think makeup's bad? I don't think makeup's bad. I think makeup, I think anything can be made bad. You see what I'm saying? So, it all just boils down to the woman's motive on why she's wearing makeup. It all boils down to her insecurity levels. It all boils down to her self-worth levels. If a woman is wearing makeup to make herself better because she don't feel like she's her, uh, um, um, her herself or whatever, then she's setting herself up for greater sins, right? Uh, greater uh, uh, situations or situations, right? Um, but is makeup by itself bad? No, I don't think so. Um, I think there's some benefit to it. I think there's, you know, with anything. But I, has it been perverted in the minds of a lot of women? You best believe it. And women only make up um, themselves sometimes for insecurity reasons. And I think that's where the real sin is. Sometimes we look at the um, the symptoms of a thing, and then we'll be like, uh, "That's wrong because of that." No, we got before In order for us to really prove whether something is wrong, we have to get to the motives and intentions of the individuals using the thing. Right, so is having a gun wrong? No, shooting someone with a gun is wrong. So that's my advice on that. Hope to help. Um, I'm trying to see if I can get. Some, oh, also, is insecurity in women a part of Eve's curse? Not sure about Eve's curse. Oh, I see what you mean. Um, hmm, my mind went like four different directions on that one. But my energy can't match the journey that I would like to take to each four of those. But um, was that part of the package deal? Yeah, of course. As soon as Eve and Adam did what they did, all types of sins. Whew. Because pride is where all sins find their roots. Or is it idolatry? It's one of those two. Both. Both is where... Those two sins are where all... Uh, Sense by the root, so they idolized the idea of, of themselves being God, and they had pride in it by saying, "You know what? I'm just going to do it anyway." And then all sins kind of from there. Mm. Oh, Angel said, uh, "Cellulus? I never Celsius? I never had it." Oh, I can't do energy. I can't do caffeine like that. Ooh, I don't like being jittery. Miss A says, "Thank you, Coach Ezzy, for your wisdom. God is God's wisdom. I appreciate it, though." God gets the glory, man. It's an honor to hold that wisdom. Mm -hmm. Oh, when uh, when you when you when do you tend to bend, Mike? Okay. Oh, oh that oh, what I said earlier. Jim says, "Do you have a Bible study routine with your wife? How do you guys do it?" Well, one thing that we learned in our in our marriage is that sometimes couples can do um. Bible study together, which is great and it's awesome, and we do in certain seasons, right? But in marriage, you begin to see how certain seasons causes that not to be as possible as much, right? That doesn't mean there's neglect in the marriage. It just means that certain stages of the marriage is is. I mean, we went through so much in our three or four years, right? There was times where we spent, we had a lot of Bible study together, and there's times where we had to rest on our own individual Bible study, and that individual Bible time and spending time with God really kept the marriage afloat, right? So, what I tend to do is, is that our lives are so stretched and so different that uh, 
we are real, really trusting in our own individual study time with God and it affects our connection time and all the times. Right. And so I think that's it just depends. Now, our marriage is different. And I just think there's people who have a little bit more time for Bible study. Uh, they have a little bit more time for that coming together in that form. But I really believe that every person's to a degree, I can't say every person, but I've noticed in my own marriage that our individual time with God really enhance our time together. Now, do we open our Bibles every time? But the thing is, with how you define Bible study, does the Bible have to be present for us to study the word? You'll be surprised when before we go to bed, how we, we have an hour and a half long conversations. Could that be considered Bible study time? So some people think that Bible study with their wife or husband has to be open the book. If you got the book in you, when you open yourself up, the word of God will come out and it will your own private study time will infuse itself in just natural day to day conversation with your spouse. And then you'll begin to see the anointing rise in your house. Right. So that's just how we do it. Because in the beginning, we thought that Bible study had to be, we had to open our Bibles together. But when we open ourselves up in our conversation with each other, we begin to see the Bible come out. And we just be talking about the good things of God. And it, it actually spans longer than what we would have done if we opened our Bibles up together. Hope they help. Hope they gave some clarity. Now, there's nothing wrong with reading your Bibles. But marriage is work, man. You got to get in time where you can get in time. You know what I'm saying? And, and, it's a, and we just four years. So you, you got to also understand that I'm learning too. All right. So I, I kind of I'm only speaking on what we do now. And I believe in time that we'll, you know, we'll begin to structure a little bit more of that time. But what we're getting uh, from our pillow talk from the Bible is just even more amazing than us just open up a Bible reading the word because the word is in us. Right. But different things with different couples because different couples are going through different things. Right. That's just what we're doing for right now. Hope they help. I'm trying to see if we got any new people. Um, Brother Josh, do you play football? Or is it fit? Well, I believe you said football. Unless there's something called football. Let me see. Football. Oh, that's like a medicine ball. Now, I never played football. None of my teams have football team. I think it's God's will for that. Because, bro, I would have loved to play football. But I was just a... Uh, just a Charles Barkley when I was playing basketball. A little Charles Barkley, Hakeem Olajuwon, mixed with a little bit of, uh, so I was good at passing. I'm really good at passing. Good at passing, setting up the plays. I impact the game a little differently. Like some, When I go play basketball, I don't even look to score. I look to how can I fit in, how can I use my IQ of the game, change the game. So that kind of player. Uh, our God is love says, I want to leave my church. Let me see if you say anything else. Oh, we're at the end. I want to leave my church. Oh, well, you, you cleave or leave based upon the spirit of God. Now you got to assess your emotions. Why do you want to leave? So that you can get out of your feelings. So your feelings won't become something used to you, get you out of the thing that God wants you in, right? So why do you want to leave it? Understanding that every church you go to is going to have problems. So if you leave this church and go to another church, you're going to find that church with new problems. So you're gonna, you don't want to develop a habit of leaving. Uh, so your cleaveness, your cleaving, and your leaving has to be by the Holy Spirit's leading. And that's the answer to that question. That's right, Crystal. Keep praying. Keep praying. Hey, co hey Coach, can God heal a reprobate mind? As if that it, it only boils down to that that mind wants to be renewed. Pride. If, if it's just pride inside... 
then that time runs out, then they're going to be inside of hell. A reprobate mind, God leaves them to their reprobate mind. Leave them to themselves and then see what happens with that. And if they if they're left with themselves and don't see their need for themselves to be delivered by Christ, then what a horrible life they'll live in hell. Harriet says, uh, can God take someone away and bring them back? God can do anything. God does what he wants to do because what he wants to do is pure and genuine. And if God sees fit to bring someone back together, let him do it. <clears throat> but don't wait for him to do it. Don't hope he do it. Don't look for him to do it. Just keep doing what God told you to do. And if it comes back, <clears throat> and if it comes back better, then that's what's up. I love y'all. That's pretty much it. Everybody, I scroll down all the way. Thank y'all so much for joining, uh, for being a part of this, um, <clears throat> for being a part of this live. I pray that it quickens and alive, makes you alive on the inside by the quickening of the Holy Spirit. And I pray that the wisdom that God has given me has been helping you guys grow close to him. And, um, thank y'all for joining me, man. Uh, oh yeah, of course. Uh, check out my latest book, Facts Over Feelings. If you want to learn how to go from filling to fulfilling your purpose, this book is a great resource here. If you're looking for a book to help you hold things better, to make sure that you're able to hold a marriage one day, to hold children one day, or to learn how to hold them better if you already, um, those things are already there, or business ministry, whatever it is that you want to hold in life. This journal right here is a great journal for you. Help you. Great card game that goes with it. Um, also, if you want to learn the purpose of singleness and how to maximize that singleness, Here's a great book right here. If you want to learn how to date God and date yourself and become dateable so you can date the love of your life forever, it's a great resource here. Great questions in here to either help you end the wrong relationship or extend the right relationship. If you're struggling with soul ties and strongholds, see that bird, that cage has been open for weeks, but that bird was too weak to fly in freedom. So most of us, we are in cages, trapped by old things that God has set us free. But because we have free will, he can't force us to be free, but he opens the way for freedom. So this book talks about how to untie soul ties up with strongholds. Great resource there. Have another book called Counterfeit a Counterpart. How to Continue to Discern the Will of God in Every Area of Your Life. Great book right here to see if that thing fits your life or not. Or if that thing is going to cause you to have fits in the days of your life. This book's a great resource to be able to see if a job is a counterfeit, a man's a counterfeit, a woman's a counterfeit, an opportunity is a counterfeit, counsel is counterfeit, friend is a counterfeit, all that stuff. That we'd be trying to force fit in our lives. If you have young people from ages, I think I think this will work for fourth graders, third graders, potentially third, fourth, all the way to about seventh, eighth, seventh grade, eighth grade too. Here's a great book right here to help kids discover their art form. Um, great book there. Also, if you want to learn about the whole armor of God and spiritual warfare, here's a book. Great book. World War Me is interesting. World War Me, World War Three. They're talking about it. Anyway, great book here that I think will benefit you. Also, check out our merch. All that good stuff. All that's available on our website. I am unplugged.com. If you feel led to give and you like, hey man, this was a blessing, and you feel led to do so, we will appreciate generosity in advance. You guys help us do a lot. Help us, especially in our mentoring program with our kids and helping them, um, giving them purpose packets so they can start uh, starting their brand, starting their entrepreneurial endeavors, get them out there in ownership. You guys support, do it, help us do that. Um, as well as a lot of different things. If you just feel led to support what we do, my wife and I, and books, and because and, my wife plays a huge role. <clears throat> Helping me with my materials stuff like that. We we'll, we'll appreciate generation in advance. We love y'all. Thank y'all so much. See, see when I click this tab right here. Let's see. 
Oh, God bless your marriage, my brother. May the Lord keep you two bonded with cords of love in Christ that can never be broken. In Jesus' name, I've been following your ministry since your singleness. Thank you so much, man. Please allow my story to be encouragement uh, and, and for what God is doing in your life, man. God has been gracious to me, and I really I really appreciate that. Uh, Angela, thank you. I appreciate you, Coach. I appreciate Oh, no problem with the prayers. Got you. The kingdom is near. Thank you, fam, for joining me. Katie, the beauty says, please keep me in prayer, everyone. I've been following God for years now, but I feel like my past and things are coming up of sins that I've done. Don't. Hey, man, who in the sun says free is free indeed. You have to let that freedom get into your deeds, what you do every day, right? Let me pray for you. Lord, I pray for Katie that she begins to understand that she is not her sins. She is what Christ is to her and what he did for her, for her, through, uh, uh, to her sins, right? And so I pray that your peace will surpass all understanding in her heart and mind, letting her know that she is not the product of her sexual sin, that she's a product of the spirit within that's going to help her win every day to utilize those habits that she once had, had to creatively and uniquely develop ministry ideas or whatever it is to help women win in those areas that she once lost. And that she realized that she won when Christ was on that cross. And I pray, Lord, that this prayer gives her peace. Brings tears to her eyes so that she could begin to vent out all the toxic energy inside of her. So that she could be able to tap into the spirits inside her. It would be like a wellspring of sweet water pouring out of her. Being a beacon for other women to drink from. To be inspired by. And to be encouraged. And to be practically delivered by. And we, we believe that this will be manifesting in her life. And Jesus, we do pray. Amen. Love y'all. Thank y'all so much for trusting me with your questions. I'll see y'all next time. Peace.